June 25th, 2019, SmackDown Live, two out of three falls edition. Uh, this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Raj Geary is here joining me. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. And uh, yeah, we are in the two out of three falls era of the WWE. Oh, man. Tonight's show, I just I just thought the show was brutal. I had a hard time watching it. Uh, I just found it boring. Uh, like nothing happened outside of Nikki Cross, you know, uh, getting uh, Bailey, I mean, Alexa Bliss a title shot against Bailey. It was, uh, it was a bad show. Now, in fairness, half the roster, the people we didn't see tonight were in Singapore, correct? Uh, yeah, Roman Reigns, uh, they're heading to Singapore. They got a show there on Thursday, followed by Japan on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, so that explains uh, why tonight we had some repeats from last night on Raw, some repeat uh, talent, but not as many as in recent weeks. Right, yeah. Interesting. Uh, actually, I thought this whole show felt like a retread for the most part. Yeah, well, it did. And I think that's part of it, man. I mean, so between the trip and again, I know we were talking last night about the holiday next week. It's going to be kind of weird. I think next week will be better because the talent will all be back. But uh, I'd forgotten about that trip having and the uh, impact that was going to have on SmackDown tonight. Well, most of the guys uh, on the trip are from Raw. You yeah, know, it was like AJ Styles, the club, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins. Uh, I mean, it's really just Roman, uh, Roman Nakamura, uh, Kyrie Sane, and Asuka. So it's it's not like uh, and the Iconics. So it's not like you know there was a major star power depth uh, tonight. What Nakamura you know, wasn't live backstage with Finn Balor for that segment? I, I don't think that was live. That that must have been taped yesterday or or sometime. Did unless Finn... unless he's uh, unless he's not in the Singapore cards and just the the Tokyo cards. That would seem which is possible. Very weird to keep him for that brief exchange when they could have shot it last night. Did Finn go to go to uh, the overseas trip? Uh, I I am not sure. I'll have to double check. I'm just curious. Seems like he would be a draw in Japan, especially. Uh, tonight, we opened up with a recap of last night and The Undertaker returning to save Roman Reigns from beat down by Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre talking about their match coming up at Extreme Rules. And then The New Day opened the show once again. Kofi Kingston, Biggie, and Xavier Woods um, recapped his match with Kofi's match with Dolph Ziggler at Stomping Grounds. Talked about Samoa Joe versus Kofi at Extreme Rules. And uh, Ziggler, of course, interrupted. Um, yeah, setting up this main event tonight that if Ziggler had won, it was going to be a triple threat at Extreme Rules. Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston, and Dolph Ziggler for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I don't know, man. I love the New Day, but I feel like this is just getting really repetitive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what we've been saying this for so long. I don't know. I don't. I don't know uh, what what more there is to say. Real quick, Finn Balor uh, is not on the tour. Okay. So really, it's just. I don't even know if Roman Reigns is on the tour. Let me double check that. That would uh, seem weird to sit him out. Yeah, Roman is not on the tour. He's not. Not on SmackDown tonight. Yeah, he wasn't on SmackDown. He's actually on Raw more than SmackDown now, lately because he wasn't Wait. on last week, right? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember at I this mean, point. Yeah, I mean, they're basically, I mean, why not just switch him back to Raw? Because I think the, the point is that he's working, you know, the uh, he's working Saturday to Tuesday, basically, with the Saturday, Sunday SmackDown shows, and then, you know, Monday and Tuesday. Um, anyway, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Uh, the Miz was backstage going to Shane McMahon's office. Elias warning the Miz about Shane being in a bad mood. 
Uh, Elias says the Miz wants another match with Shane. Shane agrees, but only if the Miz can beat Elias in a two out of three falls match first. They have been burying the Miz something fierce, I feel like. I, I know a lot of people thought when he was getting into the feud with Shane McMahon that it would take his career to the next, next level, and that has not happened at all. I think he's won one match since WrestleMania. I think he beat Elias a few weeks ago on SmackDown, and that's pretty much it. He's been just beaten nonstop uh, you know, over the past couple of months. Which is weird. I mean, USA Network clearly believes in him. Miz and Mrs. is going to be on. For the foreseeable future. The USA Network has nothing to do with the, you know, who, oh, no, I which stars get pushed. No, but he's got, I mean, someone of his profile normally doesn't get punked out like this. He's not, he's not a top guy. And, uh, you know, it's what I've said many times uh, over the past few months. If he doesn't turn heel by SummerSlam, he, it's, it's just going to be more of the same for a while. Yeah. A year ago, he felt like a top guy. Yeah, as a heel, as a baby yeah. face. Just stale. Yeah, and it's weird too because I don't know that I don't know. I I don't know that he's him as a babyface is so desperately needed that it's worth giving up on him as a heel. Right. Uh, um, we got a tag match: Biggie and Xavier Woods versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. With Biggie and Xavier Woods picking up the win here, and then boom! Uh, after the match, attacked by Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Heavy Machinery comes out. We go to commercial, come back, and then we get Daniel Bryan, Rowan, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn versus Biggie, Xavier Woods, and Heavy Machinery. This made no sense to me. Why? Why have that convoluted way to, you know, turn one match into another match and add more people to it, as opposed to just having Heavy Machinery against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? That was the story in that second match, anyway. You know why? Why do this whole weird thing? You know, one of the beautiful things about pro wrestling since I was a kid is the simplicity of it. Like, no matter what country you're, you're in, it's easy to understand what it is. And watching the show tonight, it's not. It's like, wait, now it's now they're wrestling again? You know, like, if you're in another country, it just doesn't make sense. Whereas it, it should not be that complicated. Just have a second match. Owens and Zayn against Heavy Machinery. Well, it was a reversal last night where they had the eight-man go down to the four-man, the two-on-two. And there's no reason. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this whole not having action during the commercial break. I, I think that's. I think that's fine. I think it. It, it doesn't need to be so complicated how you you, you do it. Because, you know, I'm. I'm. I for one, am not a fan of long matches that just have no point, no meaning. That just go on forever. Uh, and Raw has had a ton of those. So I'm. I'm fine with keeping. You know, a lot of those matches shorter, getting more people on TV. But instead of having to make all these two out of three falls matches and things like that, just have more matches on the show. Just have more people and more segments and 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 get more of the undercard and guys like Ali that have been underutilized. And, yeah, and that are never on TV. Um, you know, Mojo, give him a squash match. I know he's on Raw, but you know what I mean. Like, but that doesn't even matter anymore. So, yeah. right. But you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> give give some other guys squash matches, things like that, uh, showcase matches, just to kind of get you know character pieces and things like that, just to kind of get them over more. I would say you know, harkening back uh, to to the eighties uh, and even parts of the nineties, maybe have one match each episode that goes more. Yeah. than a segment yeah that, that's one. kind of that's pretty much what they did in the attitude era yeah uh you know none of the matches went more than one segment except for the main event at, at times yeah and that could be two out of three falls because that makes sense i don't do two out of three falls just have it be a longer match and have that one be the one where they have the picture in picture with the commercial yeah and they did do that tonight quite a bit yeah they, well they did it twice they, they have two of those sp uh, spots each week 
Yeah. And so I don't know why they don't do it on Raw and they do it on SmackDown. No idea. Probably something to have to do with how the ads are sold. I mean, it's, it's the same network. You know, it's still USA. It's not like a different channel. So I don't know. Let me posit a theory as someone that works in advertising. Uh, I'm assuming SmackDown gets a lower rate, but they can raise the rate because they say, hey, this is our, we're flip proof, baby. No one's going to change the channel if we got this match here sharing the screen with your ad. Well, if that's the case, why don't they do that with every break? I don't know. Yeah. All right. It's probably <laughs> a balancing thing. Uh, well, they, they used to do it more, it felt like. I think it's always been two. There, no, there was like one episode. I distinctly remember there was one episode where it was the entire show. No. <laughs> no or was a lot of it. Maybe I'm misremembering, though. As we, as we determined last night, I mean, come on. You know, the finer details of a weekly Raw and SmackDown are not uh, absorbing into our brains. <laughs> oh, this was so, so difficult to watch so much of this tonight. Let's take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode, which is the opposite of difficult, which is easy. And that's Wix. W-I-X. With Wix, it is easy to create a professional website all by yourself. In fact, you will have a better time creating a website using Wix than you did watching SmackDown Live tonight. I guarantee it. Wix is absolutely fantastic. I've used it before. I used it for a political campaign last year. I was running for a friend. Raj uh, has used it. Uh, he turned his wife on to Wix. She used it for her business. Over 140 million people use Wix for their website. What's that? That's like 140 times the amount of people that watch WWE programming. It's that big. And with Wix, you can start and publish for free. Choose from over 500 stunning templates or start from scratch. Change, customize, add anything you want. You can add your own text, images, videos, and more. Get hundreds of design features and apps to grow your brand online. All the sites include built-in SEO. Oh, the amount of time that saves. I've had to take so many courses on SEO. I've done all this by hand. Roger built websites by hand before Wix makes it so simple. You're going to wonder why you HTML, what CSS, what? No, with Wix, it's all there and automatically optimized for any device, desktop, mobile, and everything in between. With Wix, you get the tools to create the website that you want, the website that you need, the website that the people need to get your message, whether it's for your organization, your business, your hobby, uh, your team. Maybe you want to make a fan site. Maybe you want to make a fan site for this podcast. That would be weird, but you could do it and you could do it on Wix, W-I-X.com. And if you got a business, oh my God, Wix makes it so easy. Millions of businesses use Wix to create websites because you can connect with your customers. You can add a mailing list. You can add an online store. You can interact all in one place. It'll boost your productivity, manage your workflow, meet your deadlines and build those customer relationships. Take money. You will set up multiple payment options. People will pay you to visit your website. Going to earn you a profit. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast. You're going to get 10% off at W-I-X.com slash podcast. Wix is so, so simple. Raj, I, I think about building websites now just because I want to do it with Wix and not the way I used to do it, which was such a labor and not a labor of love, a labor of pain. Yeah. And you know what? Something I've actually never mentioned. I mean, I've, I've mentioned many times about my wife's uh, yoga business being, on. you know, she created it on Wix. And about the time you can watch an episode of SmackDown, she had it all done. Uh, but also uh, where she teaches yoga, Rise Dance and Yoga Studio, uh, their whole site's on Wix. And, and they wow. have uh, maps and, and, you know, all their classes and schedules and everything. So... Uh, you can do a lot of fantastic things. And and yeah, that's, I, I, I'd totally been forgetting about that, but they're, they're on Wix as well. You know, when I launched my Limp Biscuit podcast, Limp Bizcast coming soon, I'm going to use Wix. 
I'm gonna make it so simple. Have a professional. I bought the domain name already. It's happening, folks. I got the Twitter handle, limpbizcast.com will be a Wix site, and I'm gonna use wix.com slash podcast to get that started. Raj, you a big Limp Biscuit fan? I had one of their CDs back in the day. I, I can't remember the the one the starfish chocolate yeah. starfish and the hot dog flavored that, water. That, that one, yes. Though there'll be many episodes, many episodes discussing that, particularly Roland, one of the Undertaker's greatest themes. Yeah, performed at live at WrestleMania. His greatest so non-gong theme. Yeah, I agree. I know people like American Badass, but I think Roland is a much better song. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just something about the energy. The lyrics are stupid. They're terrible. Like you said, how wrestling is simple. Limp Bizkit's appeal is that if you don't speak English, it's pretty easy to understand what's going on. Yeah. You yeah, know, Limp Bizkit is for, for people that think Slipknot's too sophisticated. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyhow, Wix.com slash podcast. Make it happen, folks. Make it happen for yourself with Wix. Back to SmackDown tonight. I'm, I'm on this Limp Bizkit high, Raj. That was so much more interesting to talk about Wix and Limp Bizkit. I haven't been on Smackdown. a Limp Bizkit high in uh, ever. Yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, should we take a moment? I want to talk about Seth Rollins because that's the hot story. But let's let's power through SmackDown first, and yeah, then we can talk about it. Seth Rollins. Because oh man, wrestling Twitter today was a storm, a hellstorm. Yeah, I got a lot of shit for a tweet I I made about it. <laughs> I was like, wow, all right. Yeah, it was something. Uh, so Heavy Machinery and the New Day won that match. Hit the compactor on Sami Zayn for the pin to win. After that, well, well, the big thing was uh, Owens just walked away. Uh, oh, that's towards right. the end of the match, right. he he walked off, and Sammy got beat and took the pin. So it looks like they're already probably splitting up Owens and Sammy. They've been together what three weeks or something? Well, I mean, but they haven't been rivals in like a year and a half. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. Uh, they they need to keep them on separate brands, and, and well, I guess they technically are on separate. Are they? Where is Owens now? Uh, SmackDown Raw. I don't SmackDown know. SmackDown is uh, Sammy's Raw. I think Owens is SmackDown. Owens is SmackDown. That's right. Um, uh, what else are you gonna do with Sammy? Put him in another feud with Bobby Lashley? How'd that work out last time? I don't know. It's not looking good for Sammy right now. He's so he's so great on the mic and entertaining, but he hasn't won a match. Uh, has he won a match? Uh, he uh, since he's been back, I think he won one against Braun Strowman and then got squashed the next week by Strowman. But you know that was it. So yeah, I think it kind of shows where WWE has him kind of pegged. Did he resign or it was his contract? Uh... I think, yeah, he resigned a while ago. Wow. He seems like a guy that would be itching to get back out there on the Indies. He resigned. And speaking of which, I mean, Jinder Mahal, who's been doing nothing, he resigned for five years. Wow. Although with Jinder, come on, Jinder knows WWE. Like, what was Jinder doing outside of the WWE? Well, indie day, indie dates and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's not really the AEW type or the New Japan type or the ROH type. Um, but uh, yeah, just it, just the length of you know that they're putting all these all these wrestlers whose deals are coming up, or they're resigning them to five year deals, which kind of unheard of. They used to you know, except for the top guys, they used to always do two three year deals. So they're really locking them in. Yeah. Didn't Jinder, wasn't he like involved in like businesses for a while? Didn't he like own a franchise or two or something? I think I remember from his interview with Jericho. Yeah, and I think he's got some stuff on the side right now. Yeah. So good for him. I mean, with yeah. Jinder, I think um, 
he's always there if they need someone that's big and menacing. He can do that old school heel thing that Vince loves. And uh, yeah, I think with Jinder, they just ran that into the ground like most things in the WWE. But for a while, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the two out of three falls match with Elias versus The Miz. Shane McMahon brought Elias out. <sighs> so I was thinking about this totally in kayfabe. Remember when WrestleMania 32, how Shane had this dirt on Vince McMahon? That was the big thing. The they never box. revealed what it was. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking to myself, that must be how he's getting this push. He's blackmailing Vince yeah. into all of this. Because it's kind of ridiculous how much Shane is the face of the company right now, just based on their programming. Yeah, he's, he's got the most uh, TV time and high-profile feuds, for sure. Which is, I mean... It's very strange. I, I can't figure it's not, out. It's for it. been happening forever. You know, remember that Survivor Series a couple of years ago where it was Triple H and, you know, came on one side and, and you know, it was like John Cena, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, you know, I'm forgetting who else. Shane McMahon was on the other side. But he was the GM of SmackDown. He was likable then. No, but I'm talking about Triple H, who's a McMahon, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, pretty much, and basically destroyed everybody, won the match with Strowman. And uh, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Just Triple H winning the match. Um, so, you know, if you're a McMahon or you're Triple H, you're going to be protected forever. Triple H should be the baby face that comes and takes Shane McMahon out. A little role reversal. They need to get the McMahons off TV. They need to go, you know, go back to having GMs. Paige was doing great in that role. Corbin Paige was sucked. fantastic as a GM. Corbin sucked. But you could put, Kurt Angle was fine. He would flub his promos. But at least he added some authenticity and, and uh, credibility out there. Um, and I think that's what you need. Like uh, someone who can be out there who's not a total baby face. He'll, he'll do what's right. And it's objective. And so that way it just makes everything make sense as opposed to, a heel who could just do whatever he wants. And that's, you know, what you're getting now with Shane. That's what you had before with Corbin. It's just old. It's been happening forever. Shane was fine in the role he was in. Uh, I think the best in the world tournament was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Well, that was always meant to be the start of the heel turn. Yeah. It just took longer when they did that whole, remember in December where they came out and said, now the fans are the authority (laughs) and we're going to listen to you and everything's going to change. And, New Felt matchups and yeah, and how many new matchups were there tonight? I guess Nikki Cross and Bailey. There you go. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. Uh, this match was Let's plow through this tough. Um, so Elias versus the Miz. How did this go? Who got the first fall? Uh, Elias got the uh, Elias got the first fall. Miz got the second by Miz was going to get the second by pin and then Shane interfered. So they beat the crap out of him. And then Elias went, hit his finisher and got the third fall. So the Miz wasn't even able to get a fall by pinfall. Uh, The only one he got was by DQ. So he was uh, pretty much getting buried here. And Elias won the match. Now I'm assuming this is going to lead to the Miz versus Elias at Extreme Rules. Probably. It's good. Maybe Shane can come out for that match. He'll come out for his match against the Undertaker that's going to probably close the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know if that'll close the show. I still think it'll be uh, Seth and, and Becky, but we'll see. Even though yeah. I do think Undertaker and Roman's going to have a lot more interest. Yeah. Undertaker and Roman against um, Drew and Shane. Drew and Shane. I mean, this match was okay, but you're right. I mean, they're really, really, really 
just burying the Miz and pushing Shane. And it's very strange. Uh, Finn Balor was backstage, was talking about what's next for him. And Nakamura showed up, checked out the title and walked away. So what do you think of that potential feud? I mean, we talked about this the other night. Um, you know, they've been doing this at house shows. I think it could be great. Um, we've seen how WWE has handled some of these feuds that could be great before. Um, and, you know, Nakamura hasn't been the same for a while. It, it seems like once he saw how he was being used, he just kind of stopped caring and he's just going with the flow. You know, he's just collecting a paycheck. So maybe this, is, you know, energizes him, gets him back up. But um, this could be great if done right and if if Nakamura's heart is into it. Yeah. Nikki Cross versus Bailey. And when when Finn showed up, I was just like, whoa, my, oh, it yeah. feels like I haven't seen him in months, even though he was at Super oh, yeah. Showdown. No, Intercontinental Championship, completely missing in action. Yeah. So Rusev, I guess that means Rusev's not coming back for a while. Well, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk yeah. about what's up with Rusev after uh, we finish SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Nikki Cross versus Bailey tonight. Stipulation, if Nikki Cross wins, Alexa gets a rematch against Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Extreme Rules. And she did. Nikki did win this. Um, I thought the match was good, but I thought Nikki's celebration was, and I'm going to use a phrase that Matt Morgan would mock me for, it was delightful. With her running over to commentary, Corey Graves high-fiving her, congratulating her. I liked seeing Nikki get that win and her excitement. Yeah, I thought the the excitement at the end looked forced. Um, it looked phony to me, but, um, I, I, you know, it's i never like to see the champs get pinned but you know as part of the story i guess i still think you could have done a dq or something and not be bailey um but it was what it was it's, it it adds it, it sets up alexa versus alexa versus bailey even though nikki was the one that pinned bailey looking at the material they give bailey i still get the impression they don't believe in bailey like those promos that she cut i think that alexa and her confrontation before stomping grounds was very good, but yeah, that half, was awesome. Yeah, but half the time, what Bailey's saying just seems like it's coming straight out of promo mode in WWE 2K19. It's just the most generic stuff. Yeah, and and, and you know what? So was Shane tonight. That that did, we didn't talk about that opening promo that Shane did, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. The very first promo that Shane did. It's it just seemed like he was reading off a of cue cards. Like yeah. Was, oh, and that yeah, that was really bad. The pre-taped it was a backstage promo that they aired right before the new day came out. Right. I think I mentally blocked that. That was really, really horrible. Man, I'm trying to find something positive to say about this show. Especially this was one of the rare weeks where Raw was a ton better than SmackDown. Yeah. I can't remember like, the last time that's happened. Stomping grounds too. Think three nights in a row, stomping grounds and raw. Pretty darn good. And SmackDown was just meh. I was below meh. Yeah. God, I mean, the travel had to affect some. I mean, even if uh, the travel didn't affect a lot of the talent, maybe creatively the energy. I don't know. Something was off tonight with this. Um, they put some stuff there. I enjoyed this uh, Nikki Cross versus Bailey match, though. Thought it was good. It was uh, good. I'm curious to see where they go when Cross and Alexa break up. I think uh, that is going to be much more interesting. You know what would be interesting? Huh. Is if Nikki had double crossed Bliss, and next week they announced that she had because she beat Bailey, she's also in the match, so it's Ooh. a triple threat. At that least it wouldn't cool. be just a straight up rematch. 
it gives something extra for Nikki. It doesn't make her look like a total sap, just believing that, you know, just falling for everything that Alexa's is doing. So, you know, gives her something. We have to get the kendo stick on the pole again. It's extreme rules. They have to do that with Bailey and Alexa again. Have there been any extreme stipulations announced yet? No. And I feel like they don't do that as much in recent years. <laughs> just like, why not use another name for the pay-per-view though? <laughs> yeah, it's not very extreme. In fact, last year, wasn't there just one extreme rules match and that was it? I have to double check. Yeah, let's, let's look that up. All right. Well, we'll go through the next match and I'll look that up real quick. Okay. Um, after that, Ember Moon walking backstage. Oh, no, no, no. The 24-7 title happened before that. Uh, this, this was entertaining. We had Carmella approached Sony Deville and Mandy Rose. They had some words. And then R-Truth came out of hiding. Drake Maverick was there looking incredibly disheveled, like he's hit rock bottom. Said he doesn't have anything. Talks about Truth invading his wedding. Uh, says Truth ruined his life. Truth apologizes. Says if it means so much, Hornswoggle, I'm going to give you this title, get a ref, and then psyched him out. Love to see the return of Psych. Uh, and then took off. Yeah. Bunch of superstars chasing, including the Singh brothers, who I didn't recognize with their new outfits because I have not been watching 205 Live. Yeah. Uh, Drake Maverick, I thought, was great in this segment. Absolutely. Uh, he is a star, and I think he should rise out of the 24-7 picture into something else. Yeah. here, here he. I mean, on Raw, I thought he seemed a little forced, but I thought here he seemed totally organic. Uh, and I thought he was great. Um, so, you know, these 24-7 segments, as stupid as they are, are like the best things on these shows lately. Um, okay, so last year at uh, Extreme Rules, they did ha they had a 30-minute Iron Man match. That was the one where the buzzer kept going, and every, every minute they kept counting down the clock. They had an Extreme Rules match with Raw Women's Championship, and they had a Steel Cage match with Owens and Strowman, and they also had a tables match on the kickoff with Sanity and... Uh, defeating the new day so they had a few and james ellsworth was in the shark cage i don't know if that's extreme but well yeah <laughs> <laughs> make your own joke about that um <laughs> Jeez. uh 2017 was the kendo stick on a pole match for the raw women's championship where alexa beat bailey and bailey was afraid to use the stick um you know what would be interesting if they're doing all these commercial breaks and this is where Drake Maverick might shine. Oh, uh, real quick, uh, yeah. people pointing out that there was a rambling rabbit sighting in there. Yes. And yes. there was also a, a Huskies sighting. Um, what was that? It was a, in an earlier segment. Earlier Absolutely. And no, no, Bray, we'll talk about uh, some rampant speculation to that end. Um, but with Drake Maverick, if you're doing these breaks, I think this is a case to bring back managers. And instead of two out of three falls, give us one match, do rounds, have guys go to their corner, talk to their manager. I think for someone like Bobby Lashley, you know, that could almost kind of work. I mean, did this compared to two out of three falls, would you rather have eight, two out of three falls matches in the evening? Or would you rather have a round break? Just watch an episode, just, you know, Vince, watch an episode of the Attitude Era. You can just have more matches and more segments and not have to do all these weird gimmicks to extend a match out for, you know, two to three segments. Isn't it funny how they give zero Fs about continuity, but they have to explain stopping the wrestling when they go to commercial break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're all kind of, it, it seems like they're all kind of fluttered with this, this change right now. 
It's so weird yeah. after all these years, you know, we were talking decades where it didn't matter. And all of a sudden it's a, it's a strict edict, you know? Well, yeah. I, again, I don't see it lasting that long, but uh, more matches, more people on the show, you know, yeah. that's, you don't have to make everything two out of three falls or elimination matches. And tonight we got Ember Moon versus Sony Deville and Ember Moon lost. When's the last time Ember Moon won a match? I can't remember on TV. It's been, it's been a long time, but she hasn't really wrestled much on TV. I mean, this is the first time I remember wrestling and Jesus has she wrestled since she, cause she was on raw before and then she moved to SmackDown. Did she have, maybe she wrestled in tag matches on SmackDown, but I, I can't remember her tag. having a singles match on SmackDown at all. Well, but they've been doing all these backstage vignettes with Mandy and Sonya picking on her. She's reading, you know, this wide variety of reading material. Um, it just seemed kind of weird to put her in this match and then have her lose um so yeah and they had her lose quick that was a short match <laughs> okay I'm, I'm reading this note because i didn't pick up on this i'm reading this from the wrestling inc recap after the match rose hits the ring to celebrate with deville as the music hits it looks like there's they're teasing sexual tension between the two what? Yeah, who's writing fan fiction, Rod? <laughs> who's writing slash fiction in and these Mark wrestling? Mark is just trying back? to entertain himself because <laughs> it looks like they're teasing sexual. <laughs> I'll have to double check. Maybe they were. I don't know. Maybe they were. I just just reading that, I was just kind of like, oh man, this is going in an interesting direction. Um, to, you know what? I need to stay off of Twitter during these shows because <laughs> I, I, I miss some of this stuff. Maybe they were. Yeah, I thought they were teasing him for a while, and then didn't the Iconics have a I mean, reference? People in the chat are saying it, it looked like Sonya was going to kiss Mandy, so I guess it's it's true. Yeah, I, you know, I thought with EC3 they were going to do a triangle element between them, with like Mandy interested in him, and then like Sonya jealous or something. I don't know. Um, I said she brushed Mandy's hair to the side. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that. I missed that. Yeah, anyway. stuff. What's well, like these Firefly Funhouse spottings? I'm not catching all of them. People are tweeting them at me, which yeah. is great. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. If people aren't on the internet, if people don't go on the internet, you know, during raw or SmackDown, they probably to completely missed all the, uh, all those references over the last two nights. Yeah. Uh, it's an angle with Mandy and Sonia. I don't know if it's the best angle, but Hey, if they've got a decent story there, I think it could be something could be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't trust WWE with that kind of stuff. I yep. just get flashbacks of Chuck and Billy and, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me. With Sable the and Tori. With the Usos and Revival thing, I really thought they, they might go there uh, one week. But who knows? All right, so uh, Ember Moon's last win was April 16th. It's, uh, thanks to JPD in the chat. It has been a while. Yeah, interesting that they're taking from real life Sonya being out. And I mean, that being something she talks about in media, the WWE acknowledging it, it's interesting if they take that for this storyline. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This will not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm just thinking about it. I was like, oh, and this like could I be said, really uh, progressive and good. And no, this is not going to be subtle. This is going to be, remember, like uh, we were talking at, at uh, our panel at Starcast about like fatal attraction with Alicia Fox. Like, it's going to be like that with Sonya Deville. Mandy's going to be like, no, Sonya, I've told you this time and time again. And then Sonya's going to be obsessed with her. And it's going to lead to this match. And Sonya's going to do all this crazy shit. Like, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't necessarily trust WWE with those kind of storylines. And, and handling it in a classy way. Yeah. 
Well, you know, we shall see. We shall um, see. we shall see. Uh, hopefully, they don't have to edit anything out like Mickey James at that WrestleMania where they were just like too far, Mickey, too far. Ah, <laughs> uh, the main event. No, before the main event, backstage vignette with Alistair Black with some energy with kind of a new vocal delivery here. This was not soft-spoken and intense Alistair Black. This was, I've just had six Red Bulls and I'm going to tell you my thoughts on the world, Alistair Black. Black is great, man. I mean, he's confident on the mic. He's got the look. He's got, you know, the entrance, the aura. I, a little bit on the smaller side, uh, but I don't know on SmackDown if that'll hurt him at all. Um, you know, because so many, you know, he's, it's not like AJ's, oh, AJ's on Raw. It's hard to keep track right now. But, um, you know, Kofi doesn't dwarf Alistair. But, um, yeah, man, I think he's – I still think that, you know, they could be doing cooler vignettes with, you know, candles and all that stuff. But uh, regardless, uh, the rumor is it's going to be Alistair Black and Cesaro at Extreme Rules. Yeah, which better – people were saying uh, the knock on the door at the end. People were speculating it could be Bray Wyatt. Mm. That's a bad idea because somebody has to lose that feud. Neither of these guys can afford to lose their relaunch feud. Yeah, you want Bray in a showcase feud at the beginning. I think Randy would be good. I saw a lot of people speculating Randy for Alistair Black online. Yeah, I mean, they have been working house shows. But again, I almost think you built a Randy. You give him someone that he can beat kind of easy, kind of a showcase. You know, Cesaro, they're doing nothing with. So I think Cesaro fills, fills that build perfectly and, and they'd have a good match too. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the two out of three falls match, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. If Dolph wins, he gets added to the championship match against Kevin o or against Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston at Extreme Rules. Um, and Dolph for what it's worth, the originally advertised match by the arena was a triple threat match with Dolph, Kofi, but not, uh, not Samoa Joe. It was Kevin Owens. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe, you know, to that earlier point, maybe Kevin and Sammy do break up and they put them back in a singles feud against each other just as sort of a placeholder. Yeah. yeah I mean, that seems like a complete retread. They've done that, what, like three times now? But not in over two years. It has been a while. It has been a while, but. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, but let's talk about this match. Some people. Maybe you use Sammy for Bray, you know? I mean, he'll he'll I mean, get he'll get beat, but I'm the biggest there. Sami Zayn mark there is, and come on, like really, like that's what's that going to do for Bray? Just he needs someone to squash right off the you know right off the bat, a name to squash, and you know there's Sammy, there's KO. I mean, those are names that you know he, it doesn't really bring them down from where they're at right now. So yeah, it would be interesting to see Sammy uh, react to Bray Wyatt in his yeah. current incarnation. I mean, they could do some cool stuff. No, I agree. Um, Dolph versus Kofi. Many people online seem to prefer this to their match at Stomping Grounds. I think it certainly I did too. had a better flow of action, but not the cool finish. Right. Yeah, I thought that third fall was really good with Kofi and Dolph, but I just do not care about this match. It's just been done to death. They never built Dolph up properly for this feud. He was jobbing before he was gone, and then he came back. And, you know, it's just... I'm so done with this. I, I just hope this is it and we don't see it again for a while. I, th I do think it's it. I do think, uh, I mean, with Dolph. It sure looked like it. What do you do with Dolph after this? You use him for Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Um, um, 
yeah, so this was two out of three falls. I, I noted on Twitter that I've seen more two out of three falls matches in the last 10 days than probably the last five years. And I'm not kidding. Like two out of three falls were pretty rare. And yeah. I think we've had like five or six in just the last two weeks. Yeah, NXT uses them more frequently in like pay-per-views. And take yeah, they, they've, they've done a couple, yeah. But I'm, yeah, as far as main roster goes, they haven't been, there haven't been many. So this was a good match. If you'd had this match with the finish uh, from Kofi escaping the cage the other night, would have been much better on st- uh, stomping grounds. I don't know. That crowd was dead, and they and they couldn't see the match because they didn't have That's any true. screens in the arena. So they would have been quiet anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So um, Kofi won the first fall. Uh, Dolph won the second fall clean with the super kick, and then Kofi uh, hit Trouble in Paradise to win the third fall. So. SmackDown went off the air with that Kofi running around the ring, greeting the fans. It's going to be him versus Samoa Joe for the World Heavyweight Championship at Extreme Rules. Let's talk for a second about that crowd tonight. Portland, Oregon, Pacific Northwest, I thought, I think has been killing it these past couple nights with their reactions. But tonight when Shane was out there, we forgot to mention during that match with The Miz, what were they saying? Like, uh, stop with Shane? Yeah, no more Shane or no something? No more Shane. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I thought Shane with the with the, as a babyface was an effective character as a heel. He's just over the top and just it's just annoying. It's I mean it's like Baron Corbin. I prefer Baron Corbin by a margin of ten to one over oh, Shane McMahon lately. No 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 no. I think I think I actually prefer Shane to Baron, but they're both they're both bad. I don't know, man. Shane is um, he, he? It's like you know what Shane's doing. It's like he's mugging. For the camera. So is Baron. <laughs> yes. Baron just has that smirk naturally. I think that's his natural staple. With Shane, it's just kind of like, look at what an asshole I am all the time. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was the show. So yep. if, you, if you missed, if you didn't see it, no need to really see it. <laughs> yeah. Just find some clips online. Maybe watch the 24-7 segment. Um, watch sort of a recap of... Bailey versus Nikki um, was what it was. But let's talk about the real story in wrestling right now. The real thing that's got everybody buzzing. And that's uh, Seth Rollins' Twitter tirade. I heard others referring to it as a meltdown. I wouldn't go that far. Um, Like throwing shade at Jon Moxley for ripping WWE, talking about how they've got the best wrestlers, uh, talking about Osprey. Like just really talking a lot of trash, getting a lot of reactions from people, and talk a bit about how you jumped into the fray and how things went awry today. Well, I just you know, you know, Seth had made this tweet, uh, you know, just saying the best wrestling on the planet, and just show me someone else who can do what I do consistently on a daily basis. Will Osprey re- replied, "I'm here," um, and you know, Seth just went off on Osprey, and they've been just bickering back and forth. Kind of ended up with. Uh, Osprey bringing up that he's had more matches than Seth so far this year. And then Seth going back and saying, well, let's compare bank accounts and, and see what's what. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, you know, I don't agree with what Seth said um, because the original point was doing what he did night after night. But at the same time, you know, Seth was pretty heated when he sent that tweet and you got someone's shooting back something cute at you. I'm sure a lot of wrestlers would have reacted to that. I'm sure Jericho would have. Uh, if he if he posted something defending AEW, like let's say AEW got had an event with with bad reviews, and he posted a tweet uh, defending it, and then someone 
from WWE replied, well, you know, something smart or something cute. I'm sure he would have lashed out too. I'm not defending it, but, and, and I got to say, I'm a, I'm a huge Will Ospreay fan. I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan. Um, so any, but regardless, it's freaking Twitter. It's, it's people are just going crazy over these tweets and it's like, man, it's just social media. There's a lot more important stuff out there than Seth Rollins making mention of their, you know, their bank accounts. Um, and you know, yeah. calling Will Ospreay the little guy. Um, it just seems like a silly thing that people are losing their minds over. So yeah, I, I just wrote, yeah, I just wrote on Twitter like if Chris Jericho had wrote what Seth Rollins did, but directed it at a WWE guy, would the reaction be the same? And you know, I was just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not defending Seth's tweets or anything. I'm just curious, you know, I just really think it would be a very different response. And a lot of people agreed, but there, you know, there are also some who are like, "Man, you don't get it." You know, Will is you know speaking out against a shitty company and you know stuff <laughs> like that, where it's like that's not the point, and that wasn't the point with their exchange. But anyway, so yeah, these Twitter wars and Dave oh. Meltzer getting involved, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's whatever. It's like this is silly stuff to be getting involved with well jericho's uh catchphrase on twitter lately i don't know if you've caught it has been f your a you know to people <laughs> uh like i mean so i think for his character it makes sense i did like didn't he have the reply to seth the best wrestling in the world he retweeted that with a picture of the tug of war match. Well, we'll take jericho out say the hangman page said sent that same tweet to you know someone yeah. in wwe it would it would still be received differently i think wwe yeah. right now is just kind of the bad guys on social media and look <clears throat> I mean, their product has not been the best I've seen ever. You know, it's been the stalest I can remember it in a long time since for me, it's probably 95, but there's so much more Ooh. of it right now. You need to do some billionaire uh, Tony sketches. Uh, billionaire Ted, you mean? Well, no, but Tony Khan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that was 96, but that's when they started to come back. But uh, anyway, well, it's, it's just silly season. But that actually, so that kind of brings to my point. That's what's great about the influence of having a real competition. People get more invested in this because you want to see what's going to happen and how they're going to respond to one another. Oh man. Could you, um, you know what you tweeted earlier oh. about uh, if Twitter was around during the Monday night wars. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Bischoff would have been it, spoiling everything. Oh, it'd be a shit show. Yeah. Just guys going back and forth. Cause you know, they're talking smack, you know, about each other on screen. So much less you have an easy platform like social media. It would have been crazy. Now, as far as Ron speaking out against Moxley, I didn't see anything wrong with that. I mean, Moxley spoke out against WWE. He, you know, he ripped Brock Lesnar. He was ripping Vince McMahon, you know, Rollins, his boss and and Vince, you know, anointed Rollins to be the guy right now. So I could, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with what he said about Moxley. You know, I'm going to posit a weird theory about Seth here. I think Seth maybe feels a little emasculated by being referred to as Becky's boyfriend. So he needed to go and, you know, swing the D a little bit on Twitter, sort of get his manhood back. I don't think that's it. <laughs> if it yeah, I don't think that's it. I think it's just there was, there was so much negativity going in with stopping rounds and about the low attendance and, and things like that, that he felt the need to speak out. So he lashed out on Twitter and then he sees this smart ass comment. It wasn't even a smart ass comment, but just a cute little comment from Will. And that just, you know, struck a nerve. And that happens. If I'm seeing someone fuming on a cell phone going crazy, I'm not going to go up to him and, and make a quick remark. You know, I'm going to stay, yeah. the, I'm going to just stay out of the way. 
It is kind of weird though. Hasn't uh, wasn't Tomatonga tweeting lately, talking, throwing a lot of shade at WWE going to Japan and the, yeah. the Bullet Club reunion and all that. I mean, so it kind of is tough to talk trash and take that stance uh, when you are in the number one company, when you're in a billion dollar company uh, and then some. Yeah, it's just the, the internet public perception right now is that WWE is lame. Uh, they're going down. AEW is hot, you know, and I, I just and Seth Rollins is the the top guy right now in WWE. So I just think he felt it to take it upon himself to, and I'm sure it makes him look good in front of Vince. And I'll take go another theory: Universal Champion, face of the company. This is a locker room leader morale thing because he knows how many guys there are disgruntled, thinking about leaving. I think this is his way to kind of rally the troops, as it were. Yeah, it could be because, you know, you've had a lot of WWE guys in interviews and on social media tweeting about being unhappy, you know, <laughs> a lot of them. So. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, Rusev, whose contract is expiring soon, he does not seem like he's feeling good about the company lately. No, I, I know he was in Bulgaria for a while earlier this month, but then, you know, he was back at Super Showdown. Uh, he's been off the past couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if when he's coming back if he's coming back soon but if his contract's expiring oof, you know he, him and lana they don't have kids right now um i could i could easily see them wanting to explore other options i think especially given that their spinoff of total divas didn't happen but they are a draw as a couple um they started their youtube channel i could see something like aew Man, I could almost see this is where I know Ring of Honor is hurting lately and they don't have nearly as much money. Uh, Impact certainly doesn't. Oh, I, ROH has a ton of money. Well, but they <laughs> don't, they're not, but they're spending. not, yeah, they're, they're not, not yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're not spending the money. And, so and actually, I'll money. take that back. They have been spending big money on, you know, they spent a lot of money on Roosh and, and some other guys, but they haven't been get, been able to get the, the, the big players. What happened with the Enzo and Cass thing? They, they just decided not to use them. So that's, but was that a signed deal? Was that, was that, because supposedly the rumors at the time were, oh, they signed them to this big deal. It was this whole thing. It's going to be, you know, a big push I, with them. I think it was a verbal agreement. They said, and they just backed out of it. Probably. Yeah. I, I, and it's probably smart, you know, just see what their response is and ended up being overwhelmingly negative. Uh, so, you know, they don't really fit with that ROH crowd. So. But now, I mean, weren't people talking about like the ticket sales to that make stomping grounds look like WrestleMania to the yeah. next Ring of Honor? No, man, ROH is cold. I mean, at sometimes you you just got to try it anyway, maybe bring him in for one show and see if that does anything. If it boosts ticket sales, then there are times when fans will say one thing, but it still draws, you know? I mean, people you know, in the past would complain about Lesnar, but he would make a difference at the box office. I, it's not so much now, but uh, in the past, he would. Yeah. I mean, Rusev and Lana, though, I think, I think they would almost get lost in the shuffle in AEW. I don't know. Rusev has that. If you let him out of his shell, he has this really, you know, you see it on Twitter, his sense of humor. And it oh, seems like hilarious. it would really fit in with like the, the being the elite stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I could see him kind of fitting in there. I don't see him being a top guy right off the bat. And I think anyone from WWE other than someone like a Moxley uh, as a top, or like if they had signed an AJ Styles, which they won't, he re-signed. But, you know, someone like that, I could see bringing them in as a top guy. But anyone else who hasn't been a top guy, I don't think you want to bring them in as a top guy just because it makes it look like, you know, uh, the competition's mid-card guys are your best guys. 
Yeah. I think that's a bad image to have. Impact would do that all the time. I remember Damian Sandow. <laughs> they brought him in and put like put him in the world title picture right away when he had been jobbing on WWE TV for like the four months before that. Yeah, all the hype and excitement ended about 60 seconds into his opening promo for uh, Impact. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it was it was really bad. I remember watching that with my wife. I was like, oh, Sandow's going to Impact. This is going to be great. And then he just went out there and rambled for 10 minutes and said nothing. Right. Yeah. And then we never watched Impact again. Not even when Matt Morgan came back. Yeah, ROH has had the least buzz it's had in in that I can remember in in like ten years. Yeah, more people talk about Impact now because Impact. I mean, you had the Tessa uh, match with uh, Gail. You've had some other stuff going on there. I've seen people tweeting about it. Ring of Honor since the Enzo and Cast debacle. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's, really cold. it's cold. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think that Rusev and Lana would be a get. I, I wonder, though, to your point, that, yeah, AEW might not be the right place for them. We'll see, though. I'm sure on the indies, they could command a ton of money um, and light independent dates. You know, because if it goes on AEW TV, you're not going to want people chanting Rusev Day. If he's doing indies and getting paid a couple grand a spot, who cares if the crowd's chanting that? Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, as we've seen, WWE's throwing big money to keep people under contract. So... Uh, it looked like Mike and Maria Canellis were going to leave and, you know, they resigned for five years apiece. So, well, I mean, let's, let's be really real there. Like where, where, where were they going to go? Oh, Mike, Mike Bennett. I mean, he was, he had a ton of potential, Uh, you know, he was doing well in impact and then he went to WWE and then he was just squandered. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like now, where were they going to go get anything comparable? Oh, they could go back to ROH. They could go to Uh Japan. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be welcome back. I don't think they would get nearly the same amount uh, that they were making in the WWE though. Cause they signed a pretty lucrative contract when they first signed three years ago. Right. I, I don't think so. I remember at the time that was the, I mean, remember they got a push together. It was a whole thing. They, they had like one week or two weeks and then they were well, getting beat. Then she got then pregnant. Went but even rehab. before she was off, you know, even before she got pregnant, he wasn't doing much. Yeah. That was a, that was a weird acquisition cause he skipped NXT altogether and just went right to the main roster. Yeah. Ah, isn't this so much more interesting than what we saw on television tonight? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (sighs) was it, was that, were those all the main topics? Yeah, that was all the main topics. Uh, Is there any more word about this Fox show? I've been seeing these rumors, but has anything got any legitimacy to what they're going to be doing with this Fox talk show about WWE and some of the names involved? Um, I mean, they've talked about Jerry Lawler, Renee Young, um, I mean, ultimately, it's not going to matter. It's going to be, it's going to be one of those shows that not many people watch, and you know, eventually, you, you've seen every time WWE has had a talk show, they mold it to the way they want it. They want their language, their verbiage, and that, which kills it, and then ultimately, it fades away. Yeah, that's why uh, we could talk about this. So remember, at the Brand Summit at WrestleMania, WWE said soon they were going to be announcing a WWE podcast network. Now, full disclosure, and I'll, I'll be really straight with the audience, I work in the podcast advertising business, as many of you know, for clients like Blue Chew and others. I want to give the WWE Podcast Network money. I want to sign Blue Chew up and my other clients up as sponsors there. And I'm hearing nothing in the podcast business about who they're partnering with, what they're doing, what the plans are. Have you heard anything to that end? Zilch. It's yeah. Not- yeah, I, I think they mentioned it once, and I don't think it's been brought up in an investor call or anything. Speaking of which, yeah, uh, we're reaching the end of the second quarter. This quarter, 
if it weren't for WrestleMania and the Saudi Arabia show, I think would be probably the worst quarter WWE's had uh, in a long time, um, if not ever. Uh, as far as I mean, I would I would almost guarantee that they had a loss this quarter if it weren't for WrestleMania and the Saudi Arabia show. WrestleMania was very successful. Uh, Saudi Arabia show, obviously, they they made a ton of money off of that. But outside of that, the attendance at all time lows, merchandise down. Um, I mean, you just see it. And after Q1, I mean, the stock in April was at trading near $100. And now it's down in the low 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this Q2 earnings might bring it down even further. We'll see. We'll see how much. Uh, I would think so. I would say I, I would think it would bring it down some. Uh, but again, WrestleMania and Saudi Arabia are on that quarter. So, um, so revenues, I don't know, I, you know, those are two huge, uh, money-making shows. So uh, revenues will probably be up. It'll probably be a profitable quarter and they were at a loss last quarter, but yeah. if you, it's one of those things you dig deeper into the numbers. If you see live attendance down merchandise down, uh, and if the investors do that, then I could easily see the stock dropping further. Have you noticed all these WWE shop commercials are talking more and more buy one T get one for a dollar, buy one, get one free, buy one, get one for $5. Yeah, they they yeah. used to only do that once every other month or so. It feels like it's happening a lot more lately. They would do it every couple of weeks or so, but now, yeah. yeah, now they have it for like three, four days in a row. And uh, they're trying to get into pro wrestling tees game of doing this smaller print on demand stuff. So it's like, they're, they're trying that tried and true strategy. Well, we're losing fans. Let's try and get more money out of each fan. Well, it's, it's smart, even if you're not losing fans, you know, just trying yeah. whatever you can, you know? Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Man, it just could we get some decent shirts without big stuff printed on the back? Like these obnoxious designs on the back? <laughs> and I don't know. I haven't bought a wrestling shirt in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while for me. And I used to buy a lot. I used to, I mean, I have a social outcast shirt for Christ's sakes. Never got my Funkasaurus shirt, though. That was always the one I regret. That was, that was the one that got away. Mm. Yeah. One day, one day on eBay, there'll be a two XL, and all my dreams will come true. You know, uh, the only shirt I I have a Macho Man shirt. You know, the old school pink. Oh yes, we see it on this podcast from time to time. Yeah, yeah, I'll wear it every now and then. And that's the only shirt I ever see people wearing. Like when I'm at the gym, I, I have a couple of gym memberships, and and one is twenty four hour fitness, so I go to a few other different gyms depending on where I'm at. And that is probably the only shirt. And sometimes I'll see rock shirts at, at the gym, but in public, I feel like those are the only shirts I ever see. Uh, outside of like a, you know, a wrestling crowd, obviously if I'm in new Orleans during WrestleMania week, you see them all over the place, but, uh, just in general out, I don't really see any others. Yeah. Uh, I think Dean Ambrose shirts were the only ones I was seeing. And I think partially because with that DA with the anarchy logo kind of worked, it didn't, uh, stick out. I mean, there's so many, that was the first conversation we had that got me on this podcast talking about, I can't wear my last kicker shirt out in public. <laughs> That's most wrestling shirts. You have to explain them to people. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy, uh, but it makes sense. Oh, just. Well, see, you know, I thought last night was a turning point. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, going to do this. I'm going to excuse tonight's SmackDown and say, you know what? They had stomping grounds. They had last night. They're on the road, man. They're going to Asia. They're not though. I know, but I'm going to, I'm going to still make that excuse for them. Raw is going to Asia. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe Nakamura is going to Asia, and and you know the uh, Kabuki sisters. What are they called? <laughs> That's somehow worse. Uh, the, the Kabuki warriors, or right? Kabuki warriors. It's Asuka and Kairi Sane. They're they're over there, but outside of that, the rest of the roster is here. 
Oh man. Oh yeah, you weren't on that podcast with Justin where he wanted so bad and he was doing his Vince impression to just say the other names Vince suggested. And you see that look in his eye of saying, like, I cannot say this. I cannot say this. I cannot say this. <laughs> Kabuki Warriors is uh the least offensive thing that somehow made it through. Right. Um uh, and uh the iconics are having a match against them in Japan. If the Kabuki Warriors win, and come on, it's in Japan. Let's be real yeah, here. They're winning. Uh, they're winning. They get a title shot at the women's tag team championship. Although Nakamura is wrestling with Seth Rollins uh, at one of those shows, and uh, almost assuredly he's losing. <laughs> yeah. So we All shall right. see. Cool, man. Uh, what's coming up on the site? So I did. I had mentioned yesterday that uh, there was something cool for old school wrestling fans, uh, fans who were fans in the '80s, and it's it happened. We have an interview with Kevin Von Erich. Oh wow! Legendary Kevin Von Erich. He doesn't do many interviews, and uh, he he talks about the the dark side of the ring uh, series, uh, his sons, um, you know, just his crazy life, and you know all the stuff he's gone through. So it's a, it's an amazing interview uh, that'll be coming up next week. And another one of the biggest names in the industry. Uh, I'm going to hold off on naming it until uh, it's recorded, but uh, that should be coming soon. Very cool, man. Uh, you know what we should do one week? If we didn't do this live right after, I would say we should watch SmackDown or Raw and then watch Chris Lee Knows Best and then come on and talk about which was actually better, which was an easier watch. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, could, I could not sit through that. Oh, God. Miz and Mrs. is like a vacation compared to the other USA reality shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm hurting after Game of Thrones ended. Uh, Black Mirror is only three episodes. Yeah. You know, like quality TV. It's uh in the summer it's hard to find did you go through and get all the different endings in bandersnatch all the different easter eggs i, I did a bunch of them uh i don't i don't know they all seem to kind of go to the same spot but there's some weird stuff that happens when you watch some of it through again is uh will powder his character says different stuff and like acknowledges you and acknowledges yeah. that you've been there before like that was trippy and kind of creepy but very cool huh no I yeah didn't... I mean, I've spent that. like one night, just like four hours going through Black Mirror, Bandersnatch and watching everything. But uh, now we've got a lot of stuff that we're trying to get through now. We uh, got the new season of Jessica Jones, not feeling it as much. Uh, we've actually been going back and watching Booker with Richard Grieco, the 21 Jump Street spinoff. Yeah. And that is a solid show. Better than anyone gave it credit for. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> summer TV. <laughs> I got to find something, man. Take, take my mind off wrestling. Yeah. Same cool. Here. Well, we'll be back here Saturday night with again. I don't I don't want to jinx this, but Fighter Fest is happening. AEW is going to be me, Raj, Matt Morgan talking about this. Lots of great matchups. Fighter Fest. Totally forgot about that this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to see uh, Moxley versus Joey Janela. Joey Janela. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it'll be a fun show. It looks like it should be a, a fun show from top to bottom. Uh, it's not the most. Uh, it's not like big matches, but it's. It should be a lot of fun matches. So I know a lot of people are like, why didn't they charge? I don't think they would do near as well with this show as they did with Double or Nothing, just because of the you know how the star power is used. You don't have Jericho. Um, oh, Omega's right. Omega's on the card, right? Yeah, with the Bucks. With the Bucks. Um, yeah, so you don't have the big singles matches. So I think it's it's smart that they went this route, and uh, and it you know they're partners with B, you know Turner, which owns Bleacher Report, BR Live. So um, yeah, it'll be a fun show. I'm looking forward to it. They've got to iron out the production kinks. So when All Out happens, that is just perfection, and then they go into weekly TV. 
Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, by the, by the time weekly TV starts, they would have four shows under AEW. So, can't wait to see what happens. And I need to go and listen to the Winkly with the interview with MJF. Absolutely, yeah, definitely check that out. Also, wow. this week, uh, Conrad Thompson, MJF. I mean, not MJF. Uh, sorry, uh, Conrad Thompson, D Destro, uh, PCO's handler. Um, you know, I mentioned Kevin Von Erich. That'll be next week. Uh, but you know, a lot of other cool stuff. Uh, Jeff Cobb. Uh, Ian, Ian, oh my gosh, I always mess up his last name. Ian uh, Rika, R O H announcer. How do I, man, I'm messing up his last name. Anyway, <laughs> just check it out on yeah. the site this week. Very cool. Well, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, and I would greatly appreciate a follow. You guys are so awesome. The fans of this podcast, we get such supportive, interesting tweets, interaction. You guys tipping off to stuff, tagging us to make sure we're seeing news stories, talking about what you like about the podcast, what you want to see more of. And uh, yeah, appreciate that follow on Twitter. We'll see you back here Saturday night for Fighter Fest, right when it goes off the air. Until next time, folks, take care, and we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Ian Riccoboni, by the way. And yes, check us out Saturday. And, <laughs> and a Winkly every day. Thank you. Yes.